You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. From Vineyard Theater in New York City, this is Theater Uncorked. Where Vineyard artists come together to talk about the process of bringing new works to the stage. Host Eric Bargatch. For our inaugural episode, we are thrilled to have actor and playwright Coleman Domingo in conversation with five-time Tony Award-winning director and choreographer Susan Stroman. You may recognize Coleman Domingo from his work as Strand on AMC's Fear the Walking Dead. He also stars in several films, including Selma and the current Sundance Film Festival sensation, The Birth of a Nation. Coleman's first Vineyard collaboration was A Boy in His Soul, a one-man show which he wrote and starred in. He also starred in our production of Kander and Ebb's The Scottsboro Boys, receiving a Best Performance Tony nomination when it transferred to Broadway and an Olivier nomination on the West End. His play Wild with Happy premiered at The Public and was published by Dramatist Play Service. And his newest play, Dot, opened on the Vineyard main stage in February 2016 to great acclaim. Susan Stroman's illustrious career includes directing and choreographing the Tony Award-winning Best Musical Contact and The Producers, winner of a record-making 12 Tony Awards. She went on to direct the movie of The Producers, which was nominated for four Golden Globe Awards. She also won the Tony in choreography for Showboat and Crazy For You. Susan started her choreography career in New York at the Vineyard, with Flora the Red Menace. She later returned here to direct The Scottsboro Boys and is back again to direct Dot. We had the two artists in to chat while Dot was in previews. And now for Susan Stroman and Coleman Domingo in Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard. You know what? I think maybe we should uh, let people know how we met. Yes, okay. You can start that, Coleman. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, uh, it started with the Vineyard Theater. And uh, Doug Abel sent me uh, a script called The Scottsboro Boys. And he said, oh, you know, we're doing the workshop of this. And um, Susan Stroman's directing, written by Kander and Ebb, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, whoa, they have the wrong person. I said, I really, I, I don't, it's Susan Stroman. I don't do, I'm not that kind of singer and dancer. And oh my God, I really, I, I'd be terrified. So so I was like, I said no at first. I said, oh, I, I think I'm, I'm not right. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to look crazy. So, um, so, and then um, they came back again and said, "Wait, I, you know, Susan and and Candor, they really would like to, you you to consider this, do this workshop." And they're like, "They understand that you're not a dancer. They understand that you know you say you're a character singer. They understand all that, and that's what they want." And so, okay, well then, okay, then I'd love to, you know, <laughs> you know, to do that. And then when I came in there, and it just felt so right. It felt we felt at home, and we started playing. And you guys asked me to, you know, give what I give, and you were interested in how my my mind works as an artist, and I just felt like, wow, what a, what a team, how cool, and I just fell in love with you both. Oh, it, well, it was an amazing time, uh, just creating that piece, uh, because you know, for one thing, working with John Kander mm-hmm. is uh, always a privilege, and I always feel blessed to know John Kander. But uh, the minute you walked in the room, Coleman, you know, Kander, and I knew. <laughs> knew how special you were. It just you. It emanates from you, and so 
you know, that's funny because you you are a personality singer and and uh, a personality dancer, and that's exactly <laughs> what I needed. I needed the real deal, oh, cool. and uh, and and you had it all, and and also you know because you're so creative, you're you're more than just an actor, a writer, and and just um, and just so smart. Uh, your contribution um, in rehearsals, uh, all of it um, was 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 just um, not only comforting but but fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know, Thank to you. have a, an actor like you and and many of the actors that we hired for that show had um, a wonderful sensibility and, and and a creative spirit that helped us mold the piece. Yeah. You know, in the end, it became your piece. And, um, you know, it's a time I'll I'll never forget, a very, very special time. Mm -hmm. But also, Coleman, I don't think I've ever told you this, you know, it's very rare when a director gets a leader of a company, and and you think you do, you think you probably, I'm sure people think, oh, there's probably one person that's the leader of the company. Mm -hmm. No, that doesn't happen, (laughs) that really doesn't happen. Um, I've, I've had that twice in all the shows that I've done in my 30 years. Uh, I had Boyd Gaines in contact, was the leader of a company, and Coleman Domingo was mm-hmm. a leader of the company and the Scottsboro Boys. And it's a very special role to play because um, the actors look up to this particular person and, and follow his lead in professionalism and his, his guide. And I don't mean that he's a... Um, a leader as a dictator or anything, but a, 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 a kind of comforting guide of how to deal with situations. And and you were that person, and and it's a, a rare gift for a director to have that person in a company. And we often talk about it, um, about that time and about you and um, and our experiences. And my goodness, the Scottsboro Boys ended up, you know, I think I've done nine productions of yeah, it now, yeah. you know, and, and you got to play on the West End. Yeah, and I, got to, I got to do five productions of it. And, but also, I want to say that you, the thing, the room that you set up is like as a director, the room that you set up is a room that is a rare room. And it's a room where you, where you the level and the expectation is for you to bring your very best every single day, for you to take care of your your body, your mind, take care of each other, and you, you, you lay it out. And if you're listening, you're like, oh, this person's empowering me to to make a change, that I, can, I am responsible for what I bring into the room. So it just makes it, I know that working with you know, Forrest McClendon, my, my 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 co my my co leader in a way, um, he's the quiet one, the shyer one. But I think that he, uh, we would always prepare to be ready three scenes ahead, because also you were like, okay, what do you guys got? What do you got? <laughs> and who asks that these days? Usually you walk into a room, and people like they say, I have this so set up, and you try to make your way into it, but you you laid the foundation like, and you're the the way you're prepared and the way you've thought about everything, but then you say, okay, now what are you thinking? And I think that's the joy. And I think from that spirit as well, um, you know, we I ended up in five productions of the Scottsboro Boys, and then by the time we got to London and we're sitting across a table, that it made sense. It just made sense that I saw you as the director of Dot. Uh, at the Vineyard Theater, where we began this journey. Yes, we we went out to to uh, a wonderful lunch mm-hmm. uh, during uh, uh, rehearsals for the Scottsboro Boys, mm-hmm. and uh, and you started to talk about Dot, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know I, I I couldn't say yes fast enough of wanting to be a part of it and read it, and mm-hmm. and now my experience here 
has been so lovely and and I feel I don't know more enriched and and just um, fuller with love mm. <laughs> just uh, of having this experience of dot at the vineyard for one thing we love the vineyard we yeah. love it I, I mean it has to be applauded for being a theater that does new work supports new artists uh, supports new pieces um, mm-hmm. and new actors, and that can't be said for our fellow nonprofits in absolutely <laughs> in the city. So they really do need a, to be applauded for taking chances, mm-hmm. like they took a chance on the Scottsboro Boys. Yeah, but um, so even knowing I was coming down to the vineyard, I was excited about uh, even being back here. But then on top of it, to um, be directing a play that was written by you after all of what we had gone through and and been through together and and you know I, I feel like we have this closeness that's sort of unspoken mm-hmm. you know every time I see you I, it's it's so exciting to see you I feel the same way and um, so the idea that now is going to be rehearsing this play in this wonderful <laughs> place, you know, I, I really it was a, like, and that was, and it started like the day after the new year. Yeah. So it was like I was starting the new year, mm. ah, just being um, so so um, the opportunity to be creative in in a comfortable environment and and a protective environment, and, and that's and, rare. And this is your first play that you've directed, yes, right? Yes, it's my first play. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, which, and, and why is that? I, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because I've had playwrights come call me to want to meet with me, and I get excited that they want me to do their play, but what they want me to do is take their play and make it into a musical. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not that I haven't been thought of by playwrights, but they they want me to now make what they've written into a musical. I, I, think, that, I think that'll change now, Miss Stroman. Yeah. I think that'll change. I, 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 from my experience, I think it, it'll change um, because I think that what I what I have loved and what I knew instinctively about you as a director and how detailed you are, how specific you are, how um, passionate you are. I just thought. The play is what it is, and it's about a family, and it's um, it's about a family in in crisis, but they're in crisis to fight to hold on to love each other. And I know that from my experience with the Scottsboro Boys and other things you've done, um, the where you where your heart is, and I thought, and also how you can make magic out of it as well. And the language has a musicality to it, yes, and it has um. It's a gorgeous dance. It's a, it's a dance. It's a comedy of manners. And I thought, you know, rhythm and texture and all of that. I thought, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is the director I need yeah. for, for, for this piece. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for, yeah. it to, for it to sing in a different way, you know. Not to say, you know, my, my, um, my, the other director, she's a wonderful director as well. It's a different sensibility. You know, yes. Meredith McDonough's production was, was stunning and gorgeous. And what we created there, I value so much. And I think it was just a, it's just a different production. And I, it's not that it's apples and oranges. And I wanted to experience this yes. uh, with, with, with these eyes that you, you know, these magical eyes that you have. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. 
Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Well, you know, what's interesting, too, is that we both grew up in the same area. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so... Uh, I'm. Uh, you're from uh, Philadelphia, and I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. So I'm 20 <laughs> minutes away. Yes. And so going to Philly was, you know, very much a part of my life. And so the the characters and the sensibilities we uh, are very much alike. And when I read the play, I, I knew these people. Yes, that's the first thing you say. You're like, oh, I this know. is I, this yes. my sister's in here. Yeah, right? my sister's in here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much a part of um, us together. You know, that we would have a Charles Chips can on stage or Tasty <laughs> yes. Cake boxes. Yes, yes. You know, and, and, get, and get the same amount of excitement <laughs> yes. about it. And be like, oh, it's very... A little Liberty Bell <laughs> yes. on the piano. You know, those things are are just being from Philadelphia, being from that area, you know, there people are quite proud to be from that area. Yeah. And it'll never leave us. So that was another thing. I, You know, here you are writing this play about an area... Of the country I know so well and, and yeah. grew up in, and very yeah. much part of me, mm-hmm. so it 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 did seem like a perfect fit. And you you know how these people speak and how yes. they they yes. relate the behavior. Yes, which is which I think is very specific to the area too. It's yes. like you know it's like a lot of working class people. Yes. And, you know people who are um, really colorful. And I began writing this play watching uh, four very close friends of mine deal with a parent with uh, uh, suffering with dementia. And uh, just watching their process, or Alzheimer's, and um, watching their struggle, watching their strength, watching their humor, watching uh, the way they wrestle with their families. Um, and I thought I, I, I wanted to write a play about it. I didn't know exactly how, but I knew it would start in that uh, opening scene because it was actually my experience going back home and sitting with a friend and having this conversation where, you know, Miss Phyllis, she looked absolutely, she seemed the same in every single way. And she would always say, good old, she always called me, you know, they call me Jay for my nickname. And they go, good old Jay, as if, as if I'm in a Leave it the Beaver, Beaver episode. She always <laughs> says, good old Jay, how you doing? And we start talking and laughing. And then she was, you know, fussing with the daughter. And her daughter was just, you know, mom, look, you said that. And, whatever. and I, was, I didn't understand what was happening. And then she repeated again to me the same thing that we we spoke about 15 minutes ago and i i it was my first time experiencing someone who had dementia and i didn't understand what was going on because you know everything she seemed fine she seemed just like the woman i grew up with and so i wanted to start writing a play about that so i I think i started writing that first scene and then uh, as i was researching i found this exercise that 12 minute uh, virtual dementia exercise and i knew that i had to use that in the piece and I really thought, okay, this is a part of the climax. But I, once again, I write in the sense of like, I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but get started. And so I start with the opening scene and then people 
come in and tell me that they need to be in the play. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they, they just, I just listen. And then I realize that, oh, it, they, oh, she's got a brother and he's dealing with this and she's got, and they've got a younger sister and here are the dynamics and this is where they all hold the piece and what they're struggling. And then I start to open up to the neighborhood and what the neighborhood is like. And within, within a neighborhood, then I invited another character into the play. And so then the play just takes on a life of its own and I'm um, the caregiver and, you know, certain things are based in some truths that I know about people and human behavior, but then they become an amalgamation of many people. Um, and so then it became this thing that I started writing and then it started moving very quickly. Mm. And that's what I really believe is like the moment you, 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 hopefully if we're guided by spirit or something that we're saying, this needs to be written, people need to hear this story. And when that spirit, I wrote the first 30 pages and then I, in New York Theater Workshop, invited me to come to Dartmouth to to um, do some work on it. I had a cast, uh, who I, I always cast, Sharon Washington. She's been <laughs> one of my my muse ever since we met on the Scottsboro Boys. And she had one line, and now I give her many lines. I do, I do. <laughs> so um, we, we, we went up to uh, Dartmouth, and we I finished the first draft in a week. Wow. And then from there, I just put it onto the universe, and... M- the, the, after that first draft, within I I sent it to uh, Les Waters and Meredith McDonough, and they responded within 24 hours wow. with an offer at the Humana Festival. Oh gosh! And I thought, wow, that was it was. But I knew that we were onto something. And once again, I always love when I'm very much a fan of theaters willing to, and uh, you know, theater producers listen to this. I'm very <laughs> much a fan um, of producing theater not workshopping it to death but sometimes it just needs to live and have its production and all its flaws and Mm -hmm. and give it that time let us see these big ideas and wrestle with it in rehearsal and put it up you know what i mean i better feel we need that spirit of like okay let's do this let's not read it to death you know let's do it and so we did it and it was wonderful and you know the, the vineyard immediately came on board even before we went to humana saying that they wanted to do it um, so it had that spirit that it must be done. And so within two years, we, here we are at the Vineyard Theater. I know. Amazing. And now here we are with um, this incredible team. And I know. I know. know. It's wonderful. Yeah. I think, too, the subject matter, Coleman, is very... Um, Right now, for some reason, it seems to be very prevalent of uh, people talking about Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. um, people who now have early onset Alzheimer's, which I had never heard of before. And so now I think everyone in the audience either knows someone or 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 knows about someone. It's it's, it it is. It's very present. Um, And the way you've dealt with it, just to make it be about memory also and about what it's like for someone to lose their memories and to have chosen a character like Dottie, who is a fierce woman and, uh, you know, the head of this family and she's losing memories and how she's desperately trying to hold on to them. Uh, it's 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 uh, just an amazing character, and I think I think for the audience, the play has a great accessibility. Mm-hmm. They e- either imagine themselves as one of those characters, or they imagine um, uh, someone that they know. They they could either be a character or or know someone very much like them. So I feel 
uh, we've only had a couple previews, but the audience really sits forward. They are um, enwrapped with with the story, mm-hmm. and and how the different siblings deal with the mother. You know, the one um, who's who's taken the burden of it. The other two aren't believing it's so bad, mm-hmm. and um, and how how the siblings come together in this in this situation. Uh, I, I just feel like the play um, will ultimately open up a conversation and, and, mm-hmm. and in fact that's what you want for every play you want people to leave talking about it and open up a conversation mm-hmm. and I feel like this is even even going to make an awareness for people with Alzheimer's um, and and uh, it somehow I feel is going to go out into the universe there and and make people more aware yeah. and, um, and and to say too that you've done it with such humor I don't um, probably don't feel anybody else would have quite accomplished that. <laughs> you. You've done it with such incredible humor, and so it has the humor and the heartache, and that is rare in a play to get humor and heartache. And I think that's the play's success, really. Thank you, thank you so much. I think, um, as I said, that I've been watching people deal with it and the way that they get through. And the way we get through anything, as we know, I, I know from even just whether it's, you know, putting both my parents away in one year, that the only way I got through with it is by laughing. Yes. By, by I had to laugh through this heartache as well. And so hopefully I enjoy, because also I think I personally enjoy theater where it's it's right up against each other, the, yes. the, the comedy and tragedy. Because um, that's, that's how we make it through, the, through yes. all this stuff, because otherwise we fall apart. Absolutely. So, I was very happy you you bought um, a lovely guest the other night, and I was a little starstruck. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm still starstruck. I'm still floating. I feel like, yeah, the play can close now. I'm fine. No, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I don't want us to close not just yet. We're still in previews. <laughs> but when you bring someone like Mel Brooks into the theater, I think I need a proper warning. Next I, know. Time. <laughs> I know. I just brought it. I said, oh, Coleman, this is my friend Mel. <laughs> and you were like, what? <laughs> I like, you couldn't even quite work it out. I think you froze for a second. I know. I just couldn't believe it. That I, I, was, I think because how much I value this man and you know your working relationship and just what he means to um and, to, and craftsmanship and crafting. Yes. Um, well, that's what he was so taken by. I mean, the craft of it. You know, he was your writing, how it. You, you know, you set something up and you delivered it in the second act, and um, you know, he talked on and on about your writing and and about the characters and how. He knew that you knew these people. He knew that you these people were part of you. He could tell. He said because they were so rich, the characterizations were so rich. Hmm. And you know, he came backstage and he made a fuss over each actor. Yeah, did each he? actor. Yeah. Oh yes, and he quoted lines from the play to them. You know, there's no one smarter. Oh my gosh, <laughs> no. he's a smart man. I know, no more more spontaneous in his brain. But but he did. You know, was able to quote lines from the show to all the actors and make a fuss over them. It was a lovely, oh. lovely time. Beautiful, hmm? beautiful. Hmm. So I feel like we need to go to rehearsals now <laughs> after this lovely conversation. I think you're right. I have we a will. few notes. <laughs> I know you do. And we're going to work with our lovely cast. Yes. But thank you, Coleman, for writing this beautiful, beautiful piece. It's been the most wonderful experience and opportunity. I will be forever grateful. Thank you so much, Miss Susan Stroman. Um, I hope uh, all those that are listening out there will really come and join us at the Vineyard Theater for our limited engagement. Um, come and get some of this love. And that is it for this episode of Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard. 
My deepest appreciation to Coleman Domingo and Susan Stroman for a truly amazing conversation and for being our first guests on the podcast. Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard is produced and edited by me, Eric Pargach, Vineyard Theater's Director of Communications and New Media, with help from Melissa Pelkey, our Marketing Director, and Ali Sky Bennett, the Vineyard's Associate Producer. Our theme song is by the amazing Peter Lerman. It was an absolute pleasure to work with an artist as talented as Peter on the music. Huge thanks to Jennifer Garvey Blackwell, the Vineyard's Executive Producer, for helping us to launch our new media efforts here at the Vineyard, and to Artistic Directors Douglas Abel and Sarah Stern, along with the entire Vineyard staff. And finally, thanks to you for listening to Theater Uncorked at the Vineyard. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.